Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. This is the Breakdown with Birkenhoff, episode 21. As we wait for everything to load here on all platforms, I have a funny song I'm going to... Uh, I was going to play at the start, but it didn't want to work for... Uh, didn't want to work right away, so we're just going to skip over that. And I'll play it on the uh, another stream. I just kind of wanted to do something a little different to start off today's podcast. But of course, it decided not to uh, work that well. So that is the purpose of doing this as a live stream. Sometimes you kind of just have to play with it a little bit. But it looks like we're all live on all platforms here. And once again, welcome to the Breakdown Episode 21. And real quick, I want to do a quick announcement. I do have a Trovo account now under the Breakdown with WB. And you can follow me on Twitch and DLive as well on the Breakdown with WB. And my YouTube is the Breakdown with Birkenhoff. And you can also make sure to follow freedomscoop.com if you want to catch other streamers and similar things to what I do online and everything like that. You could definitely check them out as well. But uh, the Freedom Scoop website itself is going through an update right now. So uh, there's going to be some time before it goes back up officially live again. But you could definitely follow the individual content creators there such as Steven and Gramis. At Igoramus Media, The Generational Gap, Jay Egger, The Freckles of Brit Show, The R-Rated Conservative, and you can definitely check out all of their YouTube channels or alternative channels and whatever you're listening to from. <coughs> Excuse me. Especially if you like the similar content to what I do, they do uh, similar things as well, such as going over news, going over culture, going over certain uh, implements of... Uh, just what's kind of going on in today's ward. And the Generational Gap even has a funny stream they do on Mondays where they just go over kind of memes and just kind of start off the week in a little bit uh, in a little bit better place. But as you can see from today's title, we are going over Cruz and AOC. As the title suggests, they are once again back in the news for various reasons. But we're going to get into that topic a little bit later. But I more wanted to start with some recent developments about the uh, GOP being the uh, Republican Party. And I've always kind of thought about this to myself. And I've asked my co-host, uh, Anna Voltez, on getting the answers to show we do every Thursday and uh, we might be moving this Thursday for those who are listening live but we're unsure uh, of that yet so I can't necessarily promise that that would be the case but anyway I've always kind of thought to myself I wonder what particular party has become weaker now is the Republican Party weaker now or is the Democratic Party the weaker party are they both kind of fractured? And I've kind of been thinking about this and, and and trying to figure it out in my head and everything. And ultimately, I came to the conclusion that 
right now, if I had to guess which party I think is weaker, it is probably the Republican Party because of uh, Trump himself. Trump came in kind of as a third party-ish type of candidate, and he saw his opportunity to use the Republican Party because he thought they were the, the better party to choose to eventually become the president, or at least to have a chance of becoming president. And it turns out that he was correct, and he became president of United States of America. But through that process, Trump has not only exposed the mass media around him when he was president, but he also has exposed the Republican Party itself. And he's made everybody aware to the senators, to the Republicans, to the individual American people that there's a lot of Republicans that say they're Republicans, but they don't ultimately uh, act as Republicans or don't ultimately act as conservative as many people would, would want them to be. So if Trump decides to make his own party or, or fracture the party more through the uh, Patriot Party or through a MAGA party or whatever word you wanna, would, would ultimately want to use, you could be seeing a future where uh, Donald Trump and his party, if you were to make one, could fracture the Republican Party much more. But on the opposite side of that spectrum, you can definitely see some examples where the Democratic Party could be appearing to be the weaker party because of the progressive agenda and the progressive left that exist in their party. So I kind of just wanted to briefly throw that out and kind of think about it out loud once again at the start of this podcast because this is kind of my thoughts on what I've had throughout this week when I've been looking over the news and kind of thinking about the news or whatever you kind of ultimately want to call it. Is I keep just going back to, I wonder which party is technically the weaker party out of this. And we see several examples where it would appear to be the GOP, including the first two articles we're going to get in for today. But I don't ultimately know if I would put my betting money on the GOP being ultimately the weaker party or not. It's hard to say at this point. But we are going to uh, read this first article by USA Today, and it is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's violent rhetoric prompts calls for committee removal. Now GOP targets Ilhan Omar. And real quick before we get into the actual juiciness of the article, or what the article actually has to say, uh, this uh, person uh, getting talked about from the GOP, uh, let me go back to make sure I say her name right, Marjorie Taylor, has recently released a video, and if I'm not mistaken, she was also the uh, congresswoman who was going out to push their impeachment for not Trump, but Joe Biden, because of his involvement with uh, China and whatnot. I believe this is the same person, or at least someone who's came out and supported the efforts of that uh, senator or congresswoman who uh, initially did the impeachment, or, or suggested that they wanted to impeach Joe Biden in his first week, and really even before he became officially the president of the United States of America, as it's just now been a week and a half, two weeks, I think, uh, something like that, of uh, Joe Biden's presidency. But long story short, I believe that is the same woman. But I know for sure she's come out in at least one video that I've seen and kind of just very uh, pro-Trump pro rhetoric and kind of like the type of rhetoric you would see for the people that attacked uh, the Capitol and the Capitol riots and whatnot a couple of months ago. 
uh, the people who uh, were much more extreme in their viewpoints, more than just being there for the purpose of being there uh, in whatever motives they had there. So it is very interesting when it comes to that. But the reason I kind of mentioned that is before we really get into the article is I don't really think many Republicans like her by any means either. And the only reason that she's probably a congresswoman of that state is because she is from Georgia. And Georgia is very much a one party or not one party, but a... a I'm forgetting the term now, but they only vote for their their one choice they, they, they pick. So for Georgia, they want their guns and they want to make sure that they have access to the to, to guns and have access to that as uh, Georgianians, I think they're called. Uh, one issue voters, that's a word I was thinking about, one issue voters. And h- hello there, uh, Eat Noodles, uh, you're applauding, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome. Hopefully you're having a, a good day, and uh, hopefully uh, Mr. Hell and I is going to be on stream before I end, so I can raid over to him when we finish here. But I don't want to get too distracted yet because we're just getting into the podcast now. But before I just keep blabbering on, we'll actually read this article and see what they have to say about her. But I do think that Georgianians are very much these uh, one issue. Why does he keep doing it? One issue, uh, uh, one issue voters through just wanting to make sure that they have access to guns, and if that's the only thing you promise them, they're gonna vote for you, even if you are a little bit wacky when it comes to your character or maybe alternative motives or whatever words you want to use. So USA Today states here. Washington House Majority Leader Stanley Hoer, Democrat, announced Wednesday the House of Representatives would vote Thursday to strip Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican of Georgia, of her assignment from House committees because of violent and racist rhetoric and protrusion of unfounded QAnon conspiracy theories. Greeny liked a Facebook comment in January 2019 that said the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat, should be taken out with a bullet to the head in a video around that time. Greeny said Pelosi was a traitor to our country, saying it was a crime punishable by death. She also liked other comments calling for violence against specific Democrats, including that they be hanged. She outlined the conspiracies such as space lasers causing deadly wildfires in California, and she called the Parkland shooting, or Parkland school shooting, survivor David Hogg, a hashtag little Hitler. And Eat Noodle says here, yes, very much so, got me some McDonald's. I think it's Georgians. Georgians. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to say Georgia people. So in case somebody from Georgia stumbles on and gets angry, <laughs> you know how that all goes. So Georgia people. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. So it's kind of funny that, that when you go over this, and obviously you would need context to... Con, 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 contact... Uh, I can't say the word. You would need... Uh, I would need to know the things around what she said in a little bit more detail to make sure that they're not just picking apart certain speeches or picking apart what she said and like and in the way they they want to form their own narrative i would have to check that to make sure for sure but i do know that she is a little bit crazy so i don't necessarily doubt everything that was said above but i would have to have more uh things around it to be able to understand it for sure 
But we'll continue on here. Democrats and sub-Republicans say Greeny, who has called prominent school shootings stage events, should not be allowed to keep her post on the House Election and Labor Committee and the Budget Committee. The fact that she's a part of the Budget Committee is also kind of funny to me. Because even if you think about everything when it comes to politics, the budget and how much government is given to spend or certain agencies are given to spend is a huge deal. That's why a lot of people are mad when uh, Joe Biden called uh, Pete Buttigieg to be the, uh, uh, the transportation uh, member of his uh, cabinet because he has a ridiculous amount of money to spend on transportation costs or upgrades in transportation or whatever you want to say. And the budget he has to do so is so outrageously high that people are like, well, how much money does the government actually have to spend on these things? Because he has at least, you know, 300, I believe it was in the 400 like millions of dollars to spend on just that one part of government and transportation. But we'll continue on here. In retaliation, the House Republicans are seeking to remove Representative Ilhan Omar from her House Committee's assignments. House Republican Brian Babin of Texas, Jeff Duncan of, of, uh, of uh, South Carolina, Jody Hintz of Georgia, Andy Biggs of Arizona, and Rodney Jackson of Texas who, like Greeny, also spread misinformation about election fraud, sponsored by a proposed amendment to remove Omar from the committee. That's funny. Once again, I would have to make sure I look at individual claims of what they were saying about the election fraud, but I assume they're probably just either quoting Trump and what Trump had to say, or, uh, or uh, talking about the same talking points that Trump thinks happened to him. So if that is the case, then it's just the same things we've heard the past couple months. So we really don't really have much to add on that. But the fact that they are doing so is kind of how like Ted Cruz is getting dragged left and right in the news as well. Because he was very vocal towards backing up uh, President Trump, or former President Trump, or Trump, whatever you want to call him. He was very vocal in, in Trump's claims of potential election fraud. Uh, for YouTube's sake, there. But anyway, we'll 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 see what they have to say because I haven't. I this is a uh, new news to me. I've heard about the other news, but I haven't heard about uh, the calls for Ilhan Omar. Leftist members of Congress have advocated for violence, anti-Semitism, anti-law enforcement, and others, uh, and that have violated rules of decorum and principles of American decency. Big tweeted Wednesday. That's why I'm calling for Representative Omar to be removed from her committee. Biden claimed several several of instances as evidence for Omar's removal from the House Foreign Affairs Committee, including her February 2019 tweet. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Responding to a comment made by House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy about uh, punishing Omar for being critical of Israel. Omar's tweet triggered swift backlash from both sides of the aisle, with critics accusing her of calling an anti-Semitic uh, anti stereotypes. After the backlash, Omar apologized for her tweets, anti-Semitism is real, and I'm grateful for Jewish allies and colleagues who are educating me on the painful history of an anti-Semitic tropes, Omar tweeted. My intention... I never, or sorry, my intention, I never to offend my constituents or Jewish Americans as a whole. Yeah, I don't really believe in that too much. 
Omar has been uh, very vocal about her uh, claims against uh, Israel in, in supporting Pakistan and that whole effort. And that's a whole, whole topic it would take probably a whole stream to get into the full details about that. Not just on what Omar had to say, but also just the, that uh, that topic alone. And if you would like, I could do a topic on that. I have about four ideas I want to do uh, for streams so far, but I can definitely add that one to the list because those who are new to my streams, I tend to pick a certain uh, topic and go as much into depth as I can over that topic and kind of just learn about it live with everybody who des decides to come on. But for my podcast, I tend to go over the main no news stories and main news story topics and give my opinions and thoughts and, and just kind of read about the news so you can get like your weekly news from the podcast. I see Doodles here says, I think you should look at the bias defending in their action why you can hear stuff that is more probably to be true other than uh, opposing bias which will state hypothetical claims about the sever the severity of the person's actions and yeah i agree with you noodles for sure and also uh you know that that the article uh, in particular talking about this is definitely not a neutral article and definitely has its own bias what it's trying to say you can tell just from the wording it had at the beginning and the wording it had at the end. It's much more neutral towards uh, Omar than it was towards the uh, Republican congresswoman in that case, just by the language itself. And maybe you could say it's because the Republican congresswoman was worse. But that that's ultimately a little bit hard to say. I need to uh, lower that uh, volume. <laughs> And it, it, I had my ad block on, but these articles are terrible. Come on. There you go. Oops. Shit. <sighs> One second here. We're trying to end this piece of crap. Yeah, it was really delayed. Usually it's a lot faster. I don't know if maybe it's the connection. I do have some Wi-Fi issues here uh, uh, with the dorm, but there's not really a other place to do it, and it just kind of depends on the day. But yeah, usually it's a lot faster. I saw the update, and I, and I was like, huh, usually it plays, but uh, I don't know. I guess it just decided to be uh, super delayed. This is another article about that same internet we're going to read. So we'll see if it has anything new to add. And this is by The Week. Back in the uh, waning days of the Trump administration, it was not uncommon to hear journalists wonder aloud about what would happen to the, to the new cycle once the Oval Office was no longer occupied by a conspiracy outed psychopath who put more thought and energy into insulting tweet, tweeting than governing. Just a few short weeks later, we have our answer. The vacuum would be would last particularly filled by the, the likes of Lauren Bopart, Madison, Paul, Matt, Louis, Tim, Jim Jordan, and most of all, Barty Taylor Green. And by the way, all the people that were named there were people that were for 
more investigations into Trump's election claims and more investigations into uh, the Capitol riots, not in the aspects of trying to find people who uh, were in the Capitol riots, but rather not necessarily encouraging the Capitol riots themselves, but at least saying that there was a reason for it. So they're all kind of pro that type of aspect, uh, just to throw it out there in case you don't recognize any of the names. In case you have been dozing around these past few weeks, all were Republican members of House of Representatives, some of them recently re-elected, others newly arrived in Washington. What they have in common is that they were all stylistically pro prestigious of the recently departed Republican president. Oops. While pundits, myself included, have spent an amount of time over the past few years gravely pondering what Republican politics would look like post-Trump, these members of the House of GOP have given us what now looks to be the most plausible answer, rather than a smarter, more reasonable vehicle for in, uh, in, enacting a set of distinctly Trumpian uh, politics on trade, immigration, and foreign policy, let alone a revision to the pre-Trump status quo. We are going to get a politics of billiards, lizard branding ideology, along with initially cultivated and, and play-acted outrage. Okay, so there is a lot to say about those last comments. So, if you take this person's word, and let me go up to see uh, the name, because I believe that was at the top here. Damon Linker, I don't know who Damon Linker is, uh... Particularly, but his name doesn't ring a bell. But basically, what I'm saying here, not ultimately to, uh, well, what I'm basically saying here is if you take what he says and that's what Trump made it to be for politics through conspiracy theories and, and bad claims and bad policies and blah, 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 and blah, and that's what all the Republicans are going to be, I don't think that his claim is right at all. Because you can look at several senators of the GOP and see exactly that they didn't really support Trump very much, they didn't really help Trump very much, they didn't really, when Trump lost, uh, support Trump in his loss. Not that that's ultimately what you would, would, would do, but what I mean by that is they almost seemed happy that Trump was gone even though it's Joe Biden and the opposite party's president they seemed almost relieved at the fact that Trump is now not ultimately representing what the GOP is and you could say that that could be Lindsey Graham that could be Mitt Romney that can be Susan Collins these are all Republicans who didn't ultimately agree a lot with what Trump did and everything around Trump so I don't even think that his very basic claim about all these people are going to be conspiratorial people works at all when you have several people of his own party already going against Trump even when he was president and especially now that he's not president of the United States of America. But if you wanted to have the claim uh, of that Trump is going to make his own party instead of running as a GOP for this next round uh, in 2024, then I still think that, that that claim is not very true either because then you would have to think that every uh, senator or congressman or representative or whatever who's going to run as part of Trump's new party would uh, be fully that way. And I don't really think that that is the case at all there. 
Now we're going to get to kind of the first fun stuff I wanted to get into and why I titled the podcast the way it's titled with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'm just going to say OOC because I always, when I say that name more than five times, tend to butcher it. And he's going to react to my senator here, Ted Cruz. Not that it ultimately means that much, but uh, anyway, he's going to react to Ted Cruz. So obviously Ted Cruz has been very vocal in what he thinks about politics in general. And AOC has definitely been very vocal on what she thinks about politics in general as well. And they are pretty much the full opposite you can get on the political spectrum. Uh, Ted Cruz is very conservative and some would maybe say constitutional, even though I think if you take the peer definition of what a constitutional candidate would be, I don't think that that Ted Cruz ticks all the boxes. I do think he's a little bit more conservative than a peer constitutional candidate, but either way, he's very much very right compared to AOC, who was very much a Bernie type and very left. So there was this recent news about GameStop, and we are going to get into some of the GameStop news in a little bit, but I decided to cover this topic first because uh, ultimately it doesn't really get too much into the details of GameStop, but I will give a very brief summary just for the people who haven't heard of this uh, story before. So, in short, the GameStop and the reason it's in the news is because of the stock market. And there is a process in the stock market of buying short where these big firms can basically uh, predict that the company is going to go out of business. And instead of investing at the full amount or or anything like that, they short the amount. So they they invest knowing and hoping ultimately that the business goes uh, out of business and they can sell with their money and get rich that way. It's called uh, shorting the market. And I have a video later on and some articles that are going to explain it a little bit better. But it doesn't really ultimately matter that much in this part of the podcast. But there was a group of Redditors, just to complete the story, uh, that decided that they they noticed it, and particularly this one guy on Reddit noticed it, and made a video about it about a year ago, ultimately. I think it was a little bit less than a year. But ultimately, he was like, look, I've been looking at the GameStop. Uh, it's obviously a failing company, and a company that, that has a that's probably going to go out of business unless they change their model really fast. But I've noticed that these large firms are shorting the market. So there's there's a potential to exploit what's happening with GameStop if enough of us join in in the effort to drive up the prices almost artificially and then sell high when it's on top. So they uh, inflated the value of GameStop so much that they were able to sell high at like... 400%, 300% increase about what the original uh, price of GameStop was. So that's the whole story kind of very briefly explained. And we're going to explain in a little bit more uh, detail and a little bit later. But like I said, it's ultimately not too important for this part of the story and what I wanted to talk about uh, here. So this article was by ABC News and about also Ted Cruz. Alexandria AOC has made it clear that she has no interest in working with Ted Cruz. The House representative from New York tweeted Thursday that she disagreed with Robinhood's decision to abruptly stop transactions GameStop stock flowing the company's Reddit-inspired rise. 
So just to, to make sure everybody's aware uh, and complete the story here, Robinhood was a uh, app that an everyday person can download to their to their phone and, and basically do day trading. And day trading is the process of investing in the stock market as a regular person. So I could download this app and and hook it up to my bank account and invest in whatever stock I wanted using Robinhood as the app. So you didn't necessarily have to go to Wall Street or have to rely on these big firms to do the investing uh, for you. So I thought that was rather interesting. And there's more than, there's more than just Robinhood that exists. There's E-Traders, I believe it's one, and a couple others. But Robinhood... Uh, in short, decided that they were no longer going to sell any more stocks of GameStop. And they would let you uh, sell your stock, but you couldn't buy anymore. I may have said that wrong. Basically, they didn't let anybody uh, who was had Robinhood buy stocks, but you could sell your stock. And it seemed very odd that Robinhood would do this because ultimately they were they uh, it seems like they are favoring big banks or big houses or uh, not houses but uh, big banks are the the greediness of uh, these big firms rather than the individual person of who has Robinhood or the individual day trader. So it seemed very suspicious that they would be doing that. But we are going to go down into the real part about uh, this part I wanted to get into. AOC described the decision as unacceptable and said she would support support a hearing by the U.S. House Committee on Financial Services. And this is her treat directly to Robin Hood. This is unacceptable. We now we, we sorry. We now need to know more about at Robinhood's apps decisions to block retail investors for purchasing stock while hedge funds are freely able to trade the stock as they see fit. As a member of the financial committee, uh, as a member of the financial services committee, I would support a hearing if necessary. And then we'll go down here to where Cruz decided to uh, tweet about it. And Cruz replied in his uh, Twitter account, fully agree with the index finger uh, going down. So anybody that knows anything about emojis or anything about how Twitter works, you have your uh, icons you can use with your hand or with your face or, you know, you know any if you know anything about emojis, you know about this. And it just basically has one of those emojis that points down. And I was listening to a uh, Cruz podcast he has with Michael Knowles called The uh, Verdict. And he was talking about this very, uh, very thing uh, when I was listening. And I believe they released it yesterday. And this happened on uh, January 28th. So this was before February 2nd or February 3rd when I'm recording this. Just to give you a context around the situation. But simply all uh, Ted Cruz did was reply with fully agree to AOC's first tweet about the situation. And he also said on the podcast, and many people also kind of thought about this as well. And they were simply thinking that you have your two sides of the political spectrum through AOC and through uh, Ted Cruz. And really you can't get any two candidates that are for, that are that are that far from each other. Uh, than AOC and Ted Cruz, and the fact that they could agree on something is very good. And he, and, and Ted Cruz even said that he thought it was a chance to work across the aisle and and work with AOC 
about trying to fix the situation to help the everyday man, the everyday uh, uh, trader and not the hedge funds are the people that have the, the corporate greed or whatever you want to call it for the uh, financial market. So it was rather interesting, but instead AOC decided to tweet a whole bunch of other things and even call uh, Ted Cruz a certain type of person. And we are going to get into what he, uh, what she called him in a video I am about to play that she released during the uh, Capitol riots. Uh, but we'll continue on with what ABC News has to say here. The Texas senator response indicated in. Uh, and who said that while she would be happy to work with Republicans on the issue with where there is common ground, she would not work with one who almost had her murdered in the Capitol riots. In the meantime, if you want to help, you can resign, she wrote. Alexander Ocasio-Cortez has criticized Cruz for objecting to the Electoral College certification of President Joe Biden's victory on January 6th. The Pretense for the rally that turned to the siege of the U.S. Capitol despite no sustained evidence of voter fraud. In another tweet, uh, Sarcio Cortez criticized remarks Cruz has made about moving on from the in intersection uh, on January 6th, saying that accountability is still needed. We need accountability that includes a new senator from Texas, she wrote. And we're going to read her tweets about that in uh, more detail here. AOC tweeted, I'm happy to work with Republicans on the issue where there's common ground, but you almost had me murdered three weeks ago, so you can sit this one out. Happily to work with almost any other GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. In the meantime, if you want to help, you can resign. While you are convincedly talking about moving on, a second Capitol Police officer lost their life yesterday and is still raging aftermath of the attacks you had a row in. This isn't a joke. We need accountability, and it includes a new senator from Texas. And this was her tweets to uh, Ted Cruz here. So ultimately, basically what AOC is mad about is going back all the way to the Capitol riots and to the claims that Ted Cruz has made. Once again, Ted Cruz was a supporter of Donald Trump and probably the biggest supporter of Donald Trump from any GOP candidate I can really think of besides the senators that were more radical in their support. Not necessarily that that was a bad thing, but many people I think have seen Ted Cruz as at the very minimum a supporter of Donald Trump and his efforts, but he's also been very vocal about election fraud and the claims about it. And, um, he was working with, uh, at the very beginning of all these election fraud claims, if you can remember, he had a uh, lawsuit effort that he was going to speak in front of the, the Senate, I believe, to talk about um, the efforts of election fraud. And there was a case and blah, blah, blah. But the, oh, it was to the Supreme Court, excuse me. He was going to talk to the uh, Supreme Court, if I'm remembering right. But ultimately, the uh, Supreme Court denied hearing the case that Texas and a few other uh, states were, were on that lawsuit for with claims about election fraud. So he's made it very clear that he at least wants an investigation to election fraud. And you might remember what I said, I believe it was on two podcasts ago on that same show, The Verdict, I was talking about, where Ted Cruz was trying to get these senators to support an effort uh, 
to to have a separate committee that was bipartisan, nominated by both parties, being the Democrat and Republicans of the uh, Senate, to look over these evidence uh, in a more detailed way, but not to be a individual state person looking into it or whatever you want to call it. And blah, 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 but that's all stuff in the past. The most recent thing that AOC is bad and what she's referring to is kind of what Trump was getting blamed about and why Trump is going to his impeachment trials that we're, we're about to talk about in our next topic here. And being the claims that he was inciting violence or at the very least not telling people to not have acts of violence. <laughs> which is bizarre and the the easiest way I could put it. Because if you listen to even the, the claims that Twitter a long time ago now, uh, or a long time ago was a month ago or two months ago, but anyway, blah, 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 it doesn't matter. But the, the, the tweets that Twitter took down and the video that Twitter took down about uh, what Trump said about the riots, a lot of people didn't really see as being really incitement of violence or claims about it. And Ted Cruz kind of had the same sort of comments about what happened with the Capitol riots. But at the very least, Ted Cruz was not supportive of, of ultimately what happened, but more kind of understood the, the, the reasons for it. So we're kind of getting into the same claims and how AOC ultimately felt about it. But I don't want to spoil what I'm going to say, uh, but I want to get to her, her video here before I spoil kind of my conclusion of what I think about all this and the reason I, I, I titled this podcast episode because there's many probably bigger topics than this one but I just find this topic crazy I guess you could say I think we're gonna play the video first actually we're gonna play the video first and then we'll get into uh, this last article here and hopefully we'll it'll load up here real quick and eat noodle says uh, inciting violence Yep, that's what he got blamed for, inciting violence. So we're going to get into uh, some of those claims. Actually, my next topic after this one about uh, Trump's defense and uh, defense team and the trial itself and blah, blah, blah. But that's that's a ridiculous topic as, as well. Uh, anyway, but we'll, we'll play this video before I uh, spill the beans too early. Some of the reason I'm getting emotional in this moment is because these folks who tell us to move on that it's not a big deal, that we should forget what's happened, or even telling us to apologize. Um, these are the same tactics of abusers. And um, I'm a survivor of sexual assault. Um, and I haven't told many people that in my life. Um, but when we go through trauma, So we're, I paused it before she really gets into the main concept here uh, for several reasons. I first just kind of wanted to talk about that uh, I don't really know exactly what she's talking about for, uh, for the claims of, of what abusers use. Like, she didn't really state it very clearly. I guess it would just be like, I, 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 I misunderstand what she means by that. And I've listened to this uh, yesterday on uh, Dimmon Discourse, what Noodles knows about as well, where I believe he played this on his thing yesterday. But I, I've listened to this clip several times, and I still don't really ultimately know what she's talking about. Uh, but I, I I don't know. It's just a weird thing. Uh, 
What the fuck meter says? What are you? What? What? What are you think about Brazil? Yeah, I. I don't. What do I think about Brazil? Like in what way? Brazil is. I don't know too much about Brazilian politics. Uh, too too much. I do know that there's a very uh, conservative leader in Brazil, and he was even at one point kind of making fun of coronavirus that kind of got into the news here in the United States a little bit, and people that were kind of more conservative-leaning were happy about it, and people who were uh, pro-COVID, I guess you could say, were very mad at him for his claims and whatnot. But I believe at the time, Brazil numbers of coronavirus weren't that bad, and I believe the coronavirus numbers are a lot worse now, at least the last time I looked. But I would have to look a lot more into Brazilian politics to have a full answer uh, for you there. But I do think that they do have a conservative leader, if I remember right. Trauma compounds on each other. And I really just felt like, you know, if this is the plan for me, um, then people will be able to take it from here. I felt that um, if this was the journey that my life was taking, that I felt that things were going to be okay. Um, um, and that, you know, I had fulfilled my purpose. So there we kind of get the video of the aftermath, and this one didn't particularly call out uh, Ted Cruz as another video did. There's a longer version of this, and depending on what clip you grab from Twitter or from YouTube, you could get that extended version where she kind of more called out Ted Cruz. But either way, you, you could kind of see the gist of what she was kind of saying through that. But as I was going to say, uh, as I was mentioning, I didn't want to ultimately spill the beans before I played the video, was that I ultimately think that the question becomes, is this a political stunt that AOC is doing to gain supporters or to gain sympathy uh, for people and ultimately her supporters or does she actually believe what she's saying and politics is is very weird about that it seems very harsh to say that you would think that someone would fake something like this but politics has always been about publicity stunts and trying to gain support ultimately any way you can and nobody in politics especially if they become a senator or become a congresswoman or become any level of government even local government has not had to do something they probably didn't ultimately think was the smartest thing to do to get into that position basically i'm saying that politics is very corrupt and people and politicians will do anything to ultimately stay in power and to gain support so the question is is this really an act that aoc is doing to try to gain sympathy from the uh, the left are far left members or supporters to keep the to keep the support of the people. Or do you think that she actually believes what she's saying here? And I think I lean more towards she actually believes what she's saying. I do think that AOC is not one to not try publicity stunts. You've seen several examples 
uh, it was like two years ago, where there was a picture of AOC in all white at the border of Texas, and she was uh, like grabbing onto the fence and like crying and whatnot. And there was pictures taken of her, and then the tweet was basically like, "Oh, it made me so sad." Blah blah blah. And and there was cameras there, but I didn't I didn't plan to get pictures here or whatever it was. And people were like, "Yeah, no, that's bullshit. You definitely plan to have your pictures taken and to be shown up uh, here, and that's why you're here." Blah blah blah. Don't give me this crap. This is a pure publicity stunt, and I do think that it was. Now, does she believe what the publicity stunt was about? Probably so. But I do think that it was more of a uh, publicity thing then. Now, for the video we just watched and what she thinks about Trump, I do think it's probably true uh, in a large way. Because I ultimately think when you look at the far left type of policies and how the far left ultimately thinks, it is very much what AOC was saying in her tweets and Kind of what she was saying in the clip version that I played and several other clip versions you can find of her same sort of speech that she was having. So I do ultimately think that she does believe everything she said in her video. But there is several people that ultimately have gotten mad about what AOC has said in her video and it has received some backlash from people uh, from the past are, are happening now. It's Mike says, what do you think... The far left is. That's a that's a hard question to answer uh, because I think the far left is still searching for an identity. Uh, are you just turned? Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, I think I think the far left is kind of hard to hard to define because I, I I still think that they're still defining exactly what they believe and just the 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 best way to say this is. The way the far left works as a political ideology is there are several versions of it. There's far left people that value police brutality and trying to change police reform. And then there's people on the far left that value climate change as being the biggest thing that needs to get tackled. And then there's people that value uh, Medicare for all as their first major issue. And no matter, no matter where you talk to and whatever you view on Twitch or whatever politician you view who considers themselves far left has whatever issue they, they have first. So in other words, I don't think you can say far left and include everybody as that type of person. But ultimately, I think that the far left ideology as a simple answer is ones that want to see... Uh, drastic change because when you think about conservatives and when you think about the right ultimately the idea of a conservative the idea of a republican is keeping everything the same and trying to make sure that everybody is is supported in their state there's not too much drastic change that happens when you talk about conservatives it's more just keeping the same and changing some things so that we don't go downhill but we more kind of go slightly uphill or stay the same that's what the conservative ideology kind of is. The left ideology, the far left ideology, is wanting drastic changes through minimum wage increases, through drastic measures for climate change, through Medicare for all. It's all these big, broad, -ish, broad things that are they're trying to get passed through. And I don't think that you could say far left and, and everybody thinks of the same things. So it's a very hard thing to, to define. 
uh, it's Mike says, you seem to refer to AOC supporters as the far left, but the U.S. doesn't really have a far left of any representatives in the U.S. Medicare for all, environmentalism, and the aren't far left issues. They are center left, if not center positions. Uh, I don't know if I ultimately agree to that. I don't think that they are uh, center issues uh, from my perspective. Like, uh, I think when you talk about the United States particularly, like, you may be from a different country, uh, it's Mike. Uh, you're from the United Kingdom. Okay. Yeah, because the United Kingdom, Australia, and I believe Germany, I do know that the United Kingdom and Australia both have political systems that have multiple parties. And the U.S. only really has two parties. There's kind of three, kind of four if you include the Green Party. But really only three parties that have any sort of impact. And if you talk about any party that has real impact, it's the uh, Democrat or Republicans. And you're only really talking about two parties when you mention them. So uh, it's hard to ultimately define it when you're talking about U.S. politics. Because I do think that the stuff AOC pushes for and her supporters push for is considered far left for America and that's Medicare for all, uh, justice reform of claims, uh, uh, police reform, those type of topics. Uh, da -da -da. It's Mike says, I am in the United Kingdom, our right-wing conservative party, while not pr protecting well, support fighting climate change and providing health care for all. What the fuck meter says Medicare for all is a bomb for America. In Brazil, there is the SUS free Medicare. Please, Medicare for all is suck. Please don't accept. Okay, that's uh, interesting as well. So you're from Brazil then. So we have Brazil, United Kingdom, and the Canadian all in the chat. So that's kind of interesting. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Uh, like, would you consider your leader a conservative uh, leader? I'm pretty sure that uh, I've heard that he's pretty conservative. But like I said earlier, I don't ultimately know too much about uh, Brazilian politics. So I can't really answer that. But I do know that Boris definitely has uh, his supporters and non-supporters for sure. Okay, we're going to read a little bit about some backlash that AOC received from her Instagram video uh, just a little bit here. Whoops. Stop. There you go. On Monday evening to an audience of as many as 150,000 representative AOC uh, detailed her experience during the deadly January 6th Capitol riot. The 31-year-old congresswoman described hiding in the bathroom, convinced she was going to die, and then sheltering in place with Representative Katie Porter for hours. Excuse me. Aimed the confusion to search for a pair of running shoes in case she had to run for her life. The trauma of that day was incentivized by another factor. Okay, this brings me to a question here. Um, and I mentioned it earlier, but I have some more viewers than I had earlier. Like, do you think that her, her Instagram video that I played earlier, and you probably have seen because it's gone all, gone in, millions of views on Twitter and and many platforms have talked about it, written about it, uh, videoed or whatever you want to say. Do you think that she was, If do you think that her claims that she said in the video were fully true, like she fully believes what she said, or do you think it was more for a political stunt, or do you think it's a little bit of both? I'll be interested to hear what y'all guys think about uh, her, her videos and response, because I do think that she believes 
98% of what she said, in my opinion. And it probably is uh, how she felt. Uh, we see here... Far left is full-blown communism. Support entire publicly owned facilities and means of production. Minier says is corrupt. The conservatives hate him. Yeah, I definitely heard that he is corrupt. I don't know how to say his name. So, uh, I'm terrible with names. And that's kind of funny how I do podcasts and read articles. And, and anyway, it's funny to me. And uh, it's Mike think that it's also terrible. Eat Noodles is she's speaking out of her ass for sympathy. So you think it is for sympathy. Like the more I think about it, the the more I kind of uh, wonder about that. Because originally I didn't know particularly how I felt ultimately about it. Because, well I said it earlier, that I do think that a, a lot of her supporters in the way she thinks would think of this event as being really scary and not ultimately know too much about it. And she's also very emotional in, in what she talks about in things. And that's not ultimately a bad thing, but like if you take a, a different person and put them in that situation, they may be more practical about it. And AOC is more kind of an emotional about it. And that's probably why she has as many supporters as she does. But uh, I do think that she's probably at least dramatizing it a little bit more. Like she might have those thoughts, but is she going to cry about it? Is she going to to uh, exaggerate a little bit, probably so, and that may be for a political stunt, but at the foundation of what AOC believes, I do think that she believes what she said in her video there. And you can see that it's a very long video that that was the original one. And uh, it's Mike, I don't know if you have uh, Discord, but I post all of my uh, links to uh, Discord under uh, stream articles if you wanted to go there to find it. But it's everywhere, I you can just uh, search it and it'll probably show up. But I'll go ahead and, and post the uh, Discord just in case anybody wants to to uh, join it. Because I do post all my uh, stream articles there and try to uh, talk to everybody on my Discord as much as I can. But we're going to read a little bit more. The response was polarized with many appalling AOC's bravery, while others particularly attempted to minimize her ideal. This is a masterclass in emotional manipulation. Tra uh, Michael Tracy, a so-called revol revolving journalist, treated a genuine political... Uh, radical skill got a hand it to her. Tracy went to accuse AOC of using trauma as a cudgel to defend political competence. Austin Peterson, another politi uh, political commentator, tweeted Jesse Smollett's uh, story was more believable than AOC. Ooh! Oh man! That is some harsh words. Anybody doesn't remember who Jesse Smollett word is, that is some harsh words there. Wow! Yeah, you, you can't get more fake than Jesse Smollett. <laughs> anyway, we'll continue on. That a woman, especially a woman of color, would be accused of using her assault as some kind of 
uh, chess move is hardly surprising. The Me Too movement was met with similar backlash. Christine Balsley Ford, who was accused uh, now Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh of sexually assaulting her when they were teenagers, was ridiculed by the President of the United States at the time. Olympic medalist Jamie whatever, one of the 260 women to accuse the former doctor of the USA Gymnastics National Team of sexual assault, told USA Today that she was called an attention-seeking whore when she reported the abuse. Whether it's being called a liar or an intention-seeker, women know that it's likely the price they will pay for the coming forward. These studies have shown the victims consider the stigma they are likely to face before reporting. Uh, it's Mike said states here, for those on the outside, I can imagine that they believe she's overreacting, but that's because they are unsure if there was a threat to her life. Even now, you are saying that she was scared of her life, but she was really upset. However, imagine if it was your life on the line. The thousands of people who send you death threats daily are now armed and in the building. Of course it's real. This isn't a political commentator. These people, if they got to her, would have killed her. Yeah, you can definitely you can definitely say that there's some truth to that. I don't I don't know if if that eh. It's hard to say with 100% certainty that you are right. It's Mike, but I could definitely say that your point is very very uh very good one because I could see that she could have been uh ultimately killed if uh someone would have gotten to her because you're talking about the people who ultimately went into the Capitol building for the most part are the people that did the violent acts. Let's put it this way. The people that broke the windows and went into the office of Pelosi, went into the offices of the senators and whatnot were the radical people. And and you could say that maybe all of them are radical people. And I do think that that could be true, but I definitely think a lot of people uh, were not ultimately going there to break windows. But I do think that some, there were some people out there who went in there to make sure... Well, okay, let's put it this way. I don't think every person who went into the Capitol was looking for violence. But that being said, there are definitely some that were and definitely looking to... To if they could have done something, they might have done something because it was could be for several reasons. I do think that 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 could be true, and your point is is valid there. And I go back once again. You may not like Ted Cruz because of whatever political policy you believe in, and I myself don't even really support Ted Cruz that much as well. I just like to follow what he has to say and stuff he does because he represents me here in Texas. So I want to make sure that I'm aware of everything that happens uh, with him because he is one of the senators that is supposed to, to represent me as a Texan. Blah, 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 blah. But he has a show. And in that show where he was talking about the Capitol riots, he even said that it was scary because they were simply in there debating over the election fraud claims at that time. And the Capitol Police came in and shut doors and basically told the uh, senators to be careful and whatnot. And then, long story short, the Capitol Police said, everybody's got to go. Now, get out of here. It's not safe anymore. Go to your 
office. Go to your go somewhere else. So if they got overran so much the Capitol Police that they had to make all of these senators get out of the, the, the chamber. And Cruz was saying that there are several senators that are in their 70s and 80s, and it's like trying to get them out. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, just go out when you have time. It was like, get out of here now. So even though this was the Senate, and AOC is not a part of the Senate, she may have been in a different uh, area, Probably the, the Congress chambers and not the Senate chambers. But uh, long story short, there was obviously a, a certain type of where they didn't expect this to happen. And I don't think anybody really did. So I could see how uh, something like that could happen is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> and I kind of didn't make sense there at the end, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Oh, good. We'll uh, raid to him after I'm finished here. He's probably still be live by the time I finish, for sure. It's Mike says, there we go. You have now considered that it's a real possibility. If it was a lie, it doesn't matter if there was a 100% chance or a 1%. You could get the fuck out of there and be fucking terrified. You can, o you can only have this level-headed balance argument because it is not your life that you are debating if it's at if it were at risk, if it were, you'd be shaken as fuck. Not a critique of you, just attempting to share some perspective. Noodle states here, but why is she talking about being raped now? And I probably shouldn't be saying that word on Twitch, but anyway, whatever. And why is she pressing charges now? It's probably true, but for sure a cry of attention. <clears throat> uh... I don't know who I believe more in, in this, to to be honest with you. Because I do, like I originally said, I do think that she definitely believed the claims to be true. The only question is, is she over-exaggerating what she had to say or anything like that? And as Mike uh, points out, if, if, if she's doing this as a current event and she does fear for her life, ultimately the rationale behind things isn't ultimately going to be the same as someone that's viewing it from an outside perspective or somebody who uh, isn't as emotional. And I don't want to necessarily say that AOC is always like full-blown emotion because I don't want that to be wrong in what I say about that. But like if you pick any senator... Or, sorry, if you pick any congressman or woman and then compare it to AOC, you're probably going to think that one of them's more level-headed and the other's more uh, outspoken and emotional towards her, her supporters and more relatable, I guess you could say. And I do think that that is because of one of those things. Uh, I hope I make sense about that. <clears throat> uh, Mike says here, if it were you, you wouldn't leave that open to debate if you were at risk. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I, you, you do have very good points. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up as a question. Because I think it's hard to play in absolutes. Because if you're talking about absolutes, then you're talking about one thing being true. And nothing else comes in to comes into play. And there's nothing that is 100% for true for anything. So uh, you have to make sure that you're aware of that and everything for, for that to happen. 
But we're going to go to our next topic here and move on from AOC and talk about Mr. Trump himself. Although Trump is no longer the President of the United States of America, he is still in the news because of his impeachment uh, trial. And one interesting thing when we're talking about uh, Trump's impeachment trials is the factor of uh, how long would this possibly go on for. If you remember Bill Clinton, and I wasn't alive for Bill Clinton's trials, or at least I was very young uh, for uh, Bill Clinton's trials and uh, impeachment trials, but they lasted for a very, very long period of time. So it's very possible that Trump's trials uh, could go for as long as Bill Clinton for reference. That being said, there's been a lot of people that have came out and said that they don't believe that impeachment charges towards Donald Trump make a lot of sense or are not going to be uh, debunked or whatever word you want to use off of there. But we'll just get into these articles here before I keep blabbering on and make no sense. So this is a couple days ago, but I wanted to start here just to make sure everybody was aware. And we're talking about uh, Trump's impeachment, as I mentioned, and... About a week ago, uh, Trump and his brilliant mind decided to uh, fire some lawyers a week before the actual date of the impeachment. And I looked into this to kind of figure out the reasons why and and so on. And ultimately, the theory I've come up with of the reason that Trump wanted to do this was... The lawyers were ultimately laying out the evidence to Trump, and Trump was there uh, with the lawyers, obviously, and Trump wanted to talk about the election fraud and the claims about election fraud. His lawyers were basically like, no, those claims aren't fully proven yet. That doesn't really make much sense. It's not really about that. We need to focus on these issues. And Trump was like, no, we need to focus on this. I want to talk about this. The lawyers are like, no, that's not smart. Then Trump's like, okay, I'll just fire you. So he did. That's kind of what I've gotten from, from all of this. If you want the real simple version, and then we'll read this article to fill in the uh, gaps and with more detail. But uh, Trump has hired some new lawyers, so we're going to get into that as well. But it's very weird to think that you're a week out from this trial date and you come and now you have uh, fired your lawyers and everything around that. So it's very bizarre, but we're going to read a little bit about that. Washington, about a week ago, uh, about a week ago before his Senate trial, former President Donald Trump has has no announced legal team and at least five uh, attorneys who were expected to ha- to help lead the team are no longer a part of it. The remarkable last-minute shifts add fresh uncertainty over Trump's legal strategy and highlight the struggle the former president has had in corralling a legal team after he became the first president in the U.S. history to be impeached twice. Butch Bowers and Deborah Barber, two South Carolina attorneys, are not a part of the team of lawyers who will defend Trump said Jason Miller, a political advisor to the former president. Miller said a final decision had not been made on the former president's legal team. The Associated Press reported two others who were expected to uh, who were expected on the legal team of South Carolina law firm partners Craig Harris and Johnny G- uh, uh, Gasser or Geeser, I think it was, were also no longer expected to defend Trump in the Senate trial, though additions were expected to be announced in the upcoming days. 
The Democrats' efforts to impeach a president who has already left office is totally unconstitutional and so bad for our country, Miller said. In fact, 45 senators have already voted, and that is unconstitutional. We have done much work, but have not made a final decision on the legal team. The decision first reported by CNN comes just days before filling, uh, our feelings are due in Trump's upcoming trial, including an official response due on Tuesday to the article of impeachment passed by the House charging Trump with inciting an insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Blah, 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 blah. But basically, I just wanted to mention, to give context to everything, that Trump uh, has fired his lawyers just a week before the actual, or some of his lawyers, just a week before the actual trial date. Now we're going to get into a CNN article talking about uh, Trump here once it loads up. Trump names two new lawyers for impeachment trial a day after his defense team collapsed. Former President Donald Trump's office announced that David and Bruce Jr. will now lead the legal team for a second impeachment trial a day after CNN's first reported. That five members of his defense left his team uh, effectively collapsed. One point of friction with the previous team was Trump watched the attorneys to focus on election fraud claims rather than the uh, constitutional alley of a former president. So basically the claims that you can impeach a former president of the United States are at the bait. And from my understanding is it's been, it hasn't ever been done with a president before, but has been done with more local government uh, people before. Uh, I believe it was a, uh, a, a governor, but maybe a representative that uh, was getting uh, sent to an impeachment trial after he uh, was out of office. But it's never been done with a president before. So since it's never really been done with a president before, the idea that you can impeach someone who is no longer a president is a constitutional debate and something that is going to be discussed. Trump has struggled to find lawyers willing to take his case as he refuses to budge from his false claims. Trump's uh, uh, advisors have been talking to him about his legal strategy, and he keeps bringing up election fraud for his defense. While they have repeatedly tried to steer him away from that, according to a source familiar with those decisions, it's unclear where the lawyers will go along with what Trump wants. Uh, has already been working with the 40th president and other advisors to prepare for the upcoming trial, and both of the uh, lawyers agreed that the impeachment is unconstitutional. In fact, 45 senators voted in agreement with that last week. So he's hired two more lawyers to help him on his impeachment trial, and as the article suggested, it's hard to tell uh, constitutionally if that it could 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 be done or not, because what we could tell from now is the fact that that doesn't really look like from a constitutional perspective that impeaching a former uh, president uh, is allowed from a pure constitutional perspective but it's never been done before so it's ultimately hard to argue just on that perspective alone. GOP senators wary of Trump impeachment defense. 
Republican senators are discouraging Donald Trump's lawyers from the rising discredited election fraud claims to defend the former president during the Senate's upcoming trial, a day after Trump's defense team advanced those uh, arguments in the first official response to the House impeachment claims. GOP senators warned Trump's lawyers on Wednesday that re-legislating re the false claims would backfire, urging them to instead focus on uh, squarely on the uh, procedural ob ob objections that have already united Republicans. The point here is to avoid conviction. It's not a great moment for trying to secure political points, said Senator Kevin uh, uh, Kramer who has criticized the House case for con con convicting Trump, and I don't think the legislation legislating the election is a winning strategy. I think it's got a lot lower percentage of success than a Hail Mary in the Super Bowl. Last week, 45 out of the 50 GOP senators voted in favor of a procedural motion arguing that it's unconstitutional for the Senate to hold an impeachment trial for a former president because that individual is already out of office. Kramer said Trump's lawyers should treat that, a, treat that vote as a victory, nothing that you already have a winning score on the constitutional message. So it talks about the significance of that vote, but basically that vote was saying that the idea of doing that from a constitutional perspective is wrong and shouldn't be tried or shouldn't be done. So there is an interesting call for that, and we're just going to read a quick update, the most recent update as recording from the New York Times here. They state Trump's legal team says Senate has no right to try him as prosecution calls him Seniorly responsible for a riot. The House impeachment managers presented their case while the former president defense team argued his comments were protected by the First Amendment right of speech. Uh, or for the right of free speech, excuse me. President Biden signed three executive orders on immigration. So that is the most recent update from the recording for uh, President Trump and his whole legal team. But we are going to wait to see what particularly happens from the hearing and trial of uh, President Trump, at least for the first uh, week of it, before I talk about it on my podcast. But ultimately, I don't think it's going to go too far. It's ultimately just how long they're going to be able to stretch the trial itself. But we're going to go back to our GameStop story, as I promised a little bit earlier. And play this video from the BBC that I thought explained the whole situation a lot better than I ever could manage. You've probably, you've probably, you've probably, you've probably, you've probably heard about GameStop. You've probably heard about GameStop shares going through the roof. Here's how it happened and what it means. On the stock market, you can buy shares in a company and the price can go up or down depending on how much demand there is for those shares. Generally speaking, you hope to buy shares at a low price and sell them again when the price is higher so you've made a profit. But people can also make money betting that a company's share price is going to go down. That's called shorting stocks and it played a role in what happened with GameStop. Here's how it works. Say you own a share of an apple tree, one apple and you're happy to lend it to me in exchange for some commission or interest. The value of this apple on the open market is £10, but I think that's going to go down in the next few days. So I immediately sell the apple for £10 and I've made £10. Brilliant, but I still owe you an apple. So in a Can you hear it now? 
I know there wasn't any audio at first, uh, but I think it, it started now, or at least I'll play it back if you if you didn't hear it. I'll give you time to, to write if you heard it or not. But I think the BBC did a pretty good uh, video of this. There's probably a better versions, but I didn't want to pick a 10-minute or 7-minute video to explain the process of exactly what was happening here. Because I am not a finance expert by any means. I don't really even like math very much. So I wanted to pick something that I could understand and hear and everything. So <laughs> the BBC was one that uh, I was able to understand the most uh, for me when it comes to the particular uh, situation without it being some random YouTuber that is a little bit hard to ultimately uh, to uh, trust fully, I guess you could say, on something. But YouTube's a good place, but doesn't ultimately have answers for everything. And you say it's all good? Well, that's good. I'll, I'll continue it. But thank you for uh, joining the Discord as well. I'm trying to get uh, more active on there and, and build up a community as I start to stream a little bit more. So I appreciate that. In a few days' time, when the price has fallen to £5, I buy an Apple back and return it to you with an interest payment. And I've made a nice profit. Now, usually there'd be a third-party broker involved in all this, but this is the basic principle. The price drop in that example was big, but it doesn't have to be. Multi-million dollar investment companies known as hedge funds can do this at scale and make a profit from even a small drop. And by selling large volumes of shares at once, they can push the price of the shares down to their benefit. But if the price of the shares goes up after they've sold, then they're still on the hook for those shares. They have to return them, so they may be forced to buy them back at a higher price and can stand to lose a lot of money. And that's what happened with GameStop. People on the Reddit message board. Before he gets into the Reddit claims here, and this is a really interesting story. If you ever want to go down a uh, rabbit hole of content on YouTube or whatever, you can find an original post on this Wall Street Bets of the guy who was talking about GameStop over about a year ago and the potential for uh, people to exploit it if enough people joined on. And now we have seen the results from it are still seen, if, if depending on what you believe, about the GameStop uh, stock itself. So it's a very interesting rabbit hole if you want to go down, uh, for sure. But also another quick thing about this is the whole concept of hedge funds is also something that has always kind of been debated, but it's 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 interesting to see it uh, be on the debate stage as it is now uh, off of the uh, GameStop uh, uh, example here. So it's like hedge funds have always been kind of debated in the background, but GameStop has already uh, kind of... Uh, been one of these examples of potential uh, profits and whatnot. As Mike says, I'm already, it's I am already bought in on, on uh, GME. I also heard that Radio Shack is potential potentially getting uh, shorted in the United States, but I don't think that there's that many Radio Shack locations, so it's hard to ultimately say that you should bet in on Radio Shack. But I've heard that the stock price now is like seven cents. So it's like a very small investment if you wanted to bet like $20 in it and just hope. Wall Street Bets had noticed something about GameStop. That's a high street video games retailer in the US that's been struggling, especially during the pandemic. They saw that hedge funds were betting against GameStop in a big way, shorting more shares than even exist. How? They have borrowed your Apple and sold it to somebody else. And that person lends the Apple to someone else who also sells it. Now, two of us are on the hook for an Apple, and you might have got away with it. But investors on Wall Street Bets saw the opportunity to buy GameStop shares, 
hoping it would push the price up and totally mess the plan up for the hedge funds. And it worked. Now there was more demand for the shares than there was supply. The hedge funds were forced to buy their shares back at large prices, losing billions. And along the way, some users on Reddit made a fair bit of money for themselves too. After seeing what happened with GameStop, people turned their attention to other brands like AMC Cinemas, where the same thing was happening. Some of the platforms and apps that let you buy and sell shares, like Robinhood in the US, then intervened, stopping people from buying. Yeah, we'll wait for that. That's all kind of just teaching you about that. Uh, you can, once again, all these videos are linked to my YouTube as well as my uh, Discord channel and will be linked if you're listening to it as a podcast in the description of the episode. But we've kind of already talked about Robinhood and their claims from what I can explain. You can find videos and, and articles if you want more detail on the particular issues of Robinhood and if that's legally allowed. And to simply answer the question, it's under debate if Robinhood could legally do what they did. And there's been several reasons of people, uh, theories, I guess you could say, that wonder why Robinhood did what it did. And the theory I think I'm most inclined with believing now is the fact that they wanted to make sure they would be kept uh, safe from getting sued. If somebody were to invest that much money and then lose that much, they could potentially be risked for how the format is allowed to, to work. But also, I think Robin Hood could have been influenced by high uh, peoples of the of the finance community, or maybe even a cabinet member from uh, Biden, like the Treasury, who was making sure that something like this would be stopped from the perspective of keeping the stock market alive and keeping the economy going. But I'm ultimately not too much uh, finance expert by any means, so it's hard to ultimately understand everything that goes on with this particular uh, topic. But we're going to read this article by CNET. It states here, Game not stock, game, game not, GameStop stock is falling after Reddit surge. Here's why that's not a surprise. GameStop continues to be the center of attention on Wall Street a week after its stock price skyrocketed, thanks to traders on Reddit. The video game retailer share price grew by more than 14,300%, but it since plummeted, going from $140 when the markets opened on Tuesday to $90 at closing, a one-day drop of 60%. Fans of the stock continue to hold their GameStop stock to stick it to Wall Street and hedge funds. But don't be fooled, the company isn't doing so hot. Their share price for GameStop doesn't tell the whole story about the company indeed. One of these reasons for its gains is that so many institutional investors were betting on it to fail. To an absurd degree, that type of investing known as short selling opened the door to individuals who coordinated their efforts online to drive up the price. Stock prices have, at some level, always been disconnected from reality for the average American. Just stack to 2020 stock market gains against the pandemic-filled economic collapse, but the GameStop roller coaster. Uh, ride grows all logic and basic investment principles out the window to those on Wall Street Bet subreddit. That's the point. And the biggest reason they did so was trying to go against uh, Wall Street, really, and trying to, to have the little man win. Because these hedge funds are all about these mega billionaires and millionaires, 
and a group of people, a conglomerate of people that are together with one motivation and simply making money are sustaining their money they are making. Uh, da, da, da. It's Mike says, down 60% since buying, still holding, fuck Wall Street. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if it would, it's smart ultimately to keep your GameStop stock now because GameStop is a very much a, a failing company unless they change their company model really fast. The idea that a company like GameStop was the one that has made people uh, particularly super rich is kind of a funny thing because, every, but it's also funny, uh, just real quick to mention this, that I, I live in America, obviously, as I said, I live in Texas, and ultimately every big-ish town has a GameStop. So if you go to your, like, really small towns in Texas that only have, like, a thousand people, it doesn't have a GameStop. But if you go to a town that has a decent amount of people and an actual, uh, a, a decent amount of people and a decent economy, there is definitely a GameStop. So even though GameStop is ultimately a failing company, so to speak, there's still GameStops everywhere. And also, they recently have hired a new CEO so it is possible that their new CEO is going to try to update their company model or uh, try to keep GameStop relevant through streaming or through something like that. But GameStop always does have a surge whenever new uh, game consoles get released because it's one of the fastest ways to get your hand on that game console as soon as it is released. So the idea of still having a physical store does make some sense when you're talking about that. I see it's Mike says here, Ryan Cohen, new CEO from successful e-commerce background. Yeah, like I just mentioned, that, that is their uh, new CEO. So it's very possible that he could uh, try to change the company model to improve. But we're going to read a short story of somebody that did make a lot of money here. Nice investors insanely make $16 billion on GameStop stock squeeze. <clears throat> Here's a game many people would like to play. How to make a million bucks, or bill, sorry, how to make a billion bucks in a month, and nine investors just pulled it off with GameStop GME stock. Nine investors, including large fund-running institutions, BlackRock, blah blah blah, plus some well-positioned individuals like blah 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 blah, watched their value of their GameStop holding soar more than one billion. Uh, a piece just this year that's based on an investor's business daily analysis of the most current holdings reported to SAP Global Market Intelligence. It's possible some of these investors may have boosted or cut their stacks since the rally. All told, these nine investors made a total of roughly 16 billion. Yes, that's right, 16 billion with a B, not a M with a B of their GameStop, GameStop stakes just in January. That means they grabbed roughly three quarters of the 20.4 billion gain in the company's market value this year. GameStop is now worth 22.7 billion, up from just 1.3 billion a month ago. The rally in GameStop is breathtaking. Shares of the struggling um, uh, struggling mall-based video game seller are up more than 1,600% just this year. 
GameStop by far is the top performing stock in the SAP 1500 index this month, and GameStop is now the most valuable stock in the SAP small cap 600 index. It's more than three times more valuable than the index number two, 7.3 billion Cleveland Cliffs, and the benchmark uh, SAP 500. GameStop would rank 257 in terms of market value ahead of the Nasdaq and Campbell are uh, yet yeah, and, and Campbell Soup. And it goes on to talk a little bit more about that, including some individuals who found themselves uh, rather well positioned, as I suggest here, including Chevy co-founder Ryan Cohen. Keeps finding himself in the right place at the right time. He's now the single largest individual owner of GameStop shares after January 10th, 2021. Uh, transaction. Cohen actually started buying shares last August. He wrote to the company board with ideas on ways to boost its e-commerce offerings. GameStop's board uh, offered him a seat, which he accepted. Cohen now owns 9 million shares on nearly 13% of the shares outstanding. That translate into a pr- pr- practically overnight gain of $2.8 billion this year and then has a chart of some of the individual slash uh, groups that ended up finding themselves in a very well position it's mike states here new position mike matt francis chief technology officer gamestop the guy who made amazon web service the monopoly giant it is uh, also they state they can flip the company and use the momentum to to propel gamestop into the present and become an e-commerce staple I didn't know about that, uh, that Matt Francis uh, as being the chief of technology officer and being the guy behind, or partly behind Amazon's e-commerce giantness or whatever you want to use there. So that's rather interesting. The only way GameStop is going to survive is if they change their model. And it looks like they have some potential people, including CEO and uh, Matt there, as you stated, and a few other people I've heard about that could very well, very well change the, the way GameStop is going. And I also like what you said at the end there, because they could definitely potentially use this momentum of GameStop being in the news as much as they are and be able to come up with a uh, strategy to keep them in the news and everything. It's recent news. Can't send link. Is the it doesn't let you send the uh, the link in the uh, chat box. If it doesn't, you can go ahead and uh, link it to uh, my Discord. You can put it in. Just uh, put you can put it in any of the tabs, either in the the streams or the article news tab, and just link my name uh, like at me there, and I might be able to uh, pull it up about the news, but I don't know why it's not letting you put it in the chat. Usually I don't, I, I let people who uh, post the links in the chat because I have the separate uh, monitor up to check the link before I show it on the screen. <clears throat> but we'll play this video while we figure that out. And this is by probably the most famous video of this uh, billionaire who's gone on uh, several of these website apps, or not apps, but several of these mass media companies talking about the GameStop development and is not really a particular fan of it. Saying that no, the environment it's connected. It's all interconnected. The reason the market is doing what it's doing is people are sitting at home getting the checks from the government, basically trading for no commissions and no interest rates. And I, I'm not saying they're stupid. We're gonna go back. You're you're saying that no, the environment the ah. stupid thing. Okay. What play this year? You're, you're saying that no, the environment... It's all interconnected. It's all interconnected. The reason the market is doing what it's doing... 
I, I don't know why I find that funny, but it's like for being a billionaire and having a tremendous amount of money, more money than you could probably really spend. I mean, you could probably spend a billion dollars if you really wanted to, but anyway, more money than you, you really even need. He, it's like, how, how is your audio so bad? It's just, I have to play it over and over again. Uh, and I found a clip of somebody on YouTube that linked this first video clip that I keep going back on. Where he's like, ah! <laughs> And it's just linked over and over and over and over and over again. I don't know why. I find that hilarious. You're, you're saying that no, the environment... It's all, interconnected. it's all interconnected. The reason the market is doing what it's doing is people are sitting at home getting the checks from the government, basically... Trading for no commissions and no interest rates. And I'm not saying they're stupid. Show me a guy with a good record of consistently, and I'll show you a smart guy. You know, Bill Parcell says it well. You are what your record says you are. I'm not damning them. I'm just saying, from my experience, this will end in tears. You know, GameStop is not worth $500. It's not worth $400. not worth $300. not worth $200. not even worth $100. not even worth $50. Not even I don't know what the hell it's worth, yep. to be honest with you. Yep. I'm not involved with it. And I hate to talk about things that it's like what a lot of people usually on, on the left tend to say about billionaires more than I've heard on the right. But they always are like, the only way billionaires get how much money they get is because they take the pennies from poor people and take the money from the people uh, under them. So, I mean, there, there is some truth to that uh, for sure. Uh, you can't ultimately say with 100% certainty that, that that's like all the truth. But uh, there is definitely some truth behind that. As you were saying there, uh, Mike, and I'm trying to pull up this article here and then I'll play back the video. But it is funny just how mad he gets when he's in such a, a comfortable position of being a billionaire compared to some random people on uh, Twitch. Or sorry, not Twitch. Some random people on Reddit who were able to come up with enough uh, smarts, I guess you could say, to find a, 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 a short of a company and be able to exploit it because they were... Uh, were uh, day traders and people that were smart enough to do this something like that. So, I mean, it's just kind of funny. It's also funny just to kind of listen to somebody this rich and, and attack the person a little bit. I do have to say that there is some, some fun to it as well. I don't know anything about Well, I would you, you do. Exactly. That's what I was kind of saying. I mean... Yeah, that's that's basically what I'm saying there, Mike. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's true. You do know about valuing companies, right? I mean, that's what you did yeah, for a living. You try to come absolutely. up with the value based on what their projected earnings and growth prospects were, were going to be. What's so interesting about this particular case is that none of this appears to be based in any way, shape, or form on the fundamentals that Just people like you mouth. and seasoned like, investors have grown up on. So it's maybe a little so, harder to, so to accept. So and what take. I'm saying is it'll ultimately return to normal. You know, for the last 50 years, the 10-year U.S. government bond has yielded in line with nominal GDP. So nominal GDP is a summation of real growth and inflation. So let's say you got two and two is 4%. You're going to lose a lot of money when the bond goes from 1% to 4%. Okay, the, the average multiple has been 15. It's currently over 22, approaching 23. You know, the, we have pulled forward demand. You know, either you're, you're into MMT and you say that deficits don't matter and, and, and you know, people accept a negative interest rate uh, over a period of time. It just is leading. Everybody's being pushed out of the risk curve. Think about it this way. You know, 10, 15 years ago. Yep. 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 That is true. 
I've heard that that as a claim from a lot of billionaires, or even multi-millionaires for that matter. It's like a lot of people tend to say, if this person had to live where I had to live, or how much money I make, and not use the money that they previously have gained, they would be in a rather uh, bad situation. And I do think that there is definitely some uh, truth to that claim. Now, I do want to make sure I state that I do think in America, and uh, probably other nations for that matter... I, think, I do think there, that there is a case for people to make an outrageous amount of money and do so honestly, but I don't think that that amount of money ever reaches billions or billions of dollars. Like, Bezos did it originally having a bookstore, but now if you look at some of his policies and what he's done as a company person and whatnot, it, it is very harsh. Like, the working conditions, you could say several other things. I did several papers in high school where I had to study a company, and I picked Amazon to study. And, yeah, there's just there's just some very harsh things about what uh, Bezos has done to maintain his wealth and gain his wealth as he is doing so now. So, I mean, it's, it's a rather uh, interesting concept there as well. It's Mike says here, in the U.S. without health care, I would die even faster. I don't know too much about the U.K. health care or... Uh, or uh, yeah, I don't know too much about UK healthcare or really any other system besides the United States healthcare. Healthcare is a, a topic I want to do a stream about. I'm planning to do a stream about uh, healthcare about a week from now, uh, where I'm going to spend basically an entire week, uh, at least like three or four streams, just on healthcare, trying to understand what we particularly have here in the United States, what other places have what senators and representatives and government is trying to push here, blah, 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 just everything about healthcare. Because really, I just don't know too much about it uh, from, from my perspective. So, And like I said at the beginning of my podcast here, and what, my, what I do on my streams, this is my podcast where I just talk about articles or, or news stories. But in my uh, uh, streams, I typically pick an issue or something I don't know a lot about. In some cases, I do pick something I know a lot about and talk about. But in most cases, I pick something I want to learn some more about or something I don't know anything about. And I pull up articles and, and journals and just read about it and kind of just learn live on air and read comments and, and, and get your opinions on things. That's kind of what I do on my streams. So I want to do that on healthcare as well. But I have your story up here about GameStop and it announces two additional executive hires and this looks like it was on February 3rd. So this was today then. Yeah, today. That's funny. Interesting. I'm just reading through it real quick. I'm go I'll put this in the links as well. I don't really see anything else to, to talk about on here because we kind of already hinted up on, on that for sure. Uh, so that's interesting there. So I don't really think there's too much necessarily to add from this article from what I can see. But I could definitely link it into the description and comments for you to uh, read the new story. And uh, Mr. Francis there, as you were talking about, to be the e-commerce guy. It's Mike states here, happy to lend some time if you want some outside U.S. perspective. I recently got the streaming set up for uh, uni or uh, for healthcare. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm in university now as well. This is my dorm room or uh, whatever you want to call it. This is my room. Uh, so that's where I have to stream from. And that's why 
occasionally I can't really do streams or certain times or the Wi-Fi is very glitchy in the in the dorm room so sometimes it makes the streams a little bit harder to do but I'm actually doing the stream in at my university right now since here in Texas it's open but a lot of classes aren't in person I actually only have one in person class and all the others are strictly online so uh, it's kind of interesting that it's kind of a uh, hybrid-ish platform uh, uh, in here in Texas but the school takes it pretty serious for for that matter, but to take you up on that offer, you can definitely uh, DM me just to, to bring it up to my attention again in case I forget, but I could definitely work something out for you, and maybe one of the days we could do a, a stream slash interview talking about healthcare and everything, so I'm definitely for that. Now, the last topic I have up planned to talk about here was the new bill slash proposal that is getting passed with HR 5717. And those that don't know law codes, not that you would, because who, who would want to know that? It is the new gun bill over uh, our new gun legislation for gun rights or whatever you want to say. So... As I've already said, I have all of these links up in the description on my YouTube and Discord so you can view the bill itself, but you can also just search the bill. It is fully published as every bill in, uh, is in the United States and everywhere probably, but we're going to, I just pulled up the summary here because those that, that have seen bills before or looked at bills, there's a reason that we have lawyers in the United States, and there's a reason that lawyers exist. And it's because they make law and make trying to understand something extremely complicated. And that's why you need lawyers to understand codes and terminology that they use. So because of that, I've just clicked on the summary version because I don't want to spend two hours trying to understand what, they, what they're trying to say. So we're going to read some of the summary about this bill. Generally requires individuals to obtain a license to purchase, acquire, or possess a firearm or ammunition. Requires the minimum age, or raises, excuse me, raises the minimum age from 18 years to 21 years to purchase firearms and ammunition. Establishes new background check requirements for firearm transfer between private parties. Requires law enforcement agencies to be notified following a firearms related background check that results in a denial. Uh, creates a, a statutory process for a family or household member to petition a court for an extreme risk of protection order to remove firearms from an individual who poses a risk of committing violence. Restricts an important sell, manufacture, or transfer or possession of a semi-automatic assault weapons and large capacity ammunition feeding uh, devices. Restricts the manufacturer, sell, transfer, purchase, or, or uh, receipt of ghost guns, guns without serial numbers, which is a big thing when you're talking about crimes, because oftentimes a criminal will get a illegal gun, and simply it makes it's illegal because the serial code is etched out of the actual gun, making it harder to identify the owners and where the gun has come from. Makes uh, trafficking in firearms a standalone criminal offense. Requires federally licensed gun dealers to submit an annual clarify compliance with a security plan to de detect and deter firearm theft. Allows the Consumer Product Safety Commission to issue the safety standards for firearm and firearm components. Establishes a community violence intervention grant program and promotes research on firearm safety and gun violence prevention. 
Whew. So reading all of that, you get the basic full summary of what the bill has to say. And a lot of those things you might be thinking, well, why is that so controversial? Well, we go to uh, President Biden's uh, original plan. And by the way, I find it funny when you go back to his campaign website that he still has up a banner that says, Together, we can make Donald Trump a one-term president and defeat Republicans across the country. Donate today. Uh, I hate to break it to you, Joe Biden, but you are president now. So I think you might want to take that down or at least update what it says. I just find that kind of funny. But uh, if you go back to his original campaign website, he has several things that kind of have mentioned the same thing as this bill says, such as banning the manufacture sale of assault weapons, regulate possession of existing assault weapons under the National Firearms Act, buy back the assault weapons in high-capacity magazines, reduce stockpiling of weapons, we or weapons, weapons, keep the guns out of dangerous hands, require background checks. By the way, the background checks has been a concept that a lot of Americans have on both sides of the aisle kind of supported. Now you obviously have your hardcore conservatives I guess you could say here in the United States that are not for background checks but really in general if you take the average American's opinion they would be for background checks and that's been something that has been uh, debated in the United States politics for a long time. But he has many other issues and details about his particular things he wanted to do about firearms. I just wanted to go back to uh, that website to bring that up. But uh, you might also be thinking, well, why would somebody find this as being controversial? So I went to a opinion blog to kind of find a perspective that I've seen out there. And this was kind of the best one that I could find because it talked about... Uh, the bill and gave their opinions about it and you could definitely tell that it's a blog because it's got like 20 ads <laughs> I, I also find that kind of funny but uh it's mike says here so same case over here but recently fully online so are you actually at the uh the university then in uh university there or are you actually at your 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 house or apartment or whatever are you there at the university or not is basically i guess what i'm asking New gun bill will require public registry of all weapons. And this is the biggest issue that I've seen that a lot of people who are for Second Amendment rights don't necessarily like the ban on assault rifles because usually they're pretty uh, hardcore guns and want to keep their guns and everything. But you also have the uh, other people who find the idea that the registry of all weapons it just seems a little bit weird for the United States in particular. We'll go down to their opinion here. A pro-gun called Civilians Committee for Right to Keep and Bear Arms called the bill insane, insanity on steroids. Over the years, the blah 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 chairman, we have some astronomically bad legislation oriented on Capitol Hill, but this one takes the term abomination to an entirely new level. One look at the bill and you would wonder whether the Congress... Congresswoman Jackson Lee ever heard of the Bill of Rights, which includes the Second Amendment. So, in real short, you can kind of hear the general idea about that. Mystic says, open the borders. It's Mike says, I'm in a flat outside of the university campus. Okay, cool. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, cool. Mystic says, let the children open carry. What borders? All of them. I don't know if you're being a, a troll there, Mystic, but, uh, yeah, I don't really have much to say there because I think you're just being a troll. But we'll continue on with our last article I wanted to talk about, which I found a little bit funny. 
Uh, and I was originally going to do a stream episode about the Proud Boys because really I don't know much about the Proud Boys because uh, I didn't really care to look at any information about them because they just kind of are stupid. Stupid groups, stupid ideas, whatever you want to say. But I might do a stream now that Canada's come out with their thing, even though uh, the Proud Boys are United States. But I don't know. I might do one just to kind of understand exactly what Proud Boys are. But I would kind of have to do one about Antifa as well if I were to do it on the Proud Boys and maybe do like a joint one. i probably have to do separate because I could talk about both of those for a long time, I imagine. But anyway, we'll continue on with the article. And this is by NBR. Canada's government designed the Proud Boys and 12 other extremist groups as terrorists into these on Wednesday, placing the group on the same list as Islamic, as an Islamic State. Based on their actions, each group met the legal threshold for the criminal distinction Public Safety Canada said as it announced the move. The agency cited reasonable grounds to believe that the entirety was an Knowingly participated in our facility in a, a terrorist activity. Ours acting on behalf are in association with such a terrorist entity. The agency describes the Proud Boys as a neo-fascist organization that engages in political violence and whose members uh, expose anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant, and or white supremacist ideologies and associate with white supremacist groups. Public Safety Canada also notes that the public prominent role in last month's attack in Washington was the Proud Boys a pivotal role in the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol leaders of the group planned their participation by setting out objectives, issuing instructions, and uh, directing members during the insurrection. The terror, terror, the terror, ooh, struggle in reading now, Okay, the terror destination means that Canada banks and other financial institutions must freeze any assets connected to the groups, and it's illegal for anyone knowingly to do business with them. Blah, 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 blah. So basically, they uh, banded the Proud Boys from being able to do whatever bizarre thing that they wanted to do about... Uh, about how uh, the Proud Boys and the radical movement or whatever you ultimately want to uh, call the Proud Boys themselves. So it'll be interesting to see, hear you guys' thoughts who are ever in comments now about what you think about the Proud Boys or what you know about the Proud Boys. Because like I said before, I don't particularly know too much about the Proud Boys. I know more about Antifa than I do about the Proud Boys. And that's mainly because I have, uh, I have, uh, what do you want to call it? I have, uh, they've been more in the news and what the news and the type of news that I follow more than uh, anybody else. So they've kind of been brought up to my attention or whatever you want to uh, call that. But we are going to uh, go ahead and move over to my fellow streamer. He's uh, Demon Discourse. He's and uh, you might you might like him, you might not, but he's actually just lost his job recently. So I'm trying to support him as much as possible with whatever his claims are and everything. And I appreciate the follow if you don't mind anybody who's watching now or later before I uh, move on. Just wanted to quickly mention that. <laughs> but uh, he's just recently lost his job and going through kind of a hard situation. So I'm trying to uh, support him and give him as many views and, and as much of an opportunity to kind of 
pursue maybe streaming more on a full-time basis since he can't really find a job because of where he lives right now and everything that's happening with, with him. So I'm going to go ahead once this thing loads and, and bring it over to uh, his channel if I do this right. And so that he can, so that I can support him a little bit. And hopefully you guys would like what he has to say and everything that relates to uh, him. So I appreciate if you uh, stay on and at least give him a, a, give him a chance to kind of uh, share his thoughts on what's happening with everything. He's definitely very, uh, much more conservative than I am, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's good to get different opinions if you're not necessarily conservative. But like I said, I just want to give him a, a second chance and we will uh, try to uh, move on here. Looks like I did it wrong. I don't know if I necessarily can raid or not, actually. Uh, one second here. But yeah, if y'all guys have any comments or anything, you could definitely uh, give them to me now before we move on over because I will be interested in kind of viewing your questions until I can get this thing figured out. And hopefully uh, not all of you have left by now. <laughs> I appreciate anybody who has stopped by for sure. But we're going to go over to here. This is our first time doing this one, so. All you have to do is you, this your drink, and your taste buds. Sounds like happiness. So many feel. Come on. That's funny, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely not everybody's thing, that's for sure. Okay. Did it work? I don't know if it worked or not. How to? Damn it. Uh -uh. But yeah, if you're definitely still there, Mike, you can definitely hit me up. That'll probably be the best way to uh, to uh, make sure that i able to uh, not forget things. Not that I think I would forget, but it's good just to make sure. Because I'm definitely for... Uh, def uh, uh, having you on to talk about uh, healthcare or whatever else, but yeah, it looks like it didn't work. So let me see if we we do something here. I think I did it the opposite. Let's try this. Yeah, I did it the opposite. Damn it! I don't know if I can do it. Maybe you have to be a certain size. Because it looks like it's the opposite. Let me see. Slash raid. And then you put the username, it looks like. Or is it just a... Let's try this. You have to put quotations. It doesn't recognize the channel. 
Okay. Yeah, I could. I'll definitely hit you up on uh, on uh, on Twitch or not Twitch on uh, Discord for sure. T U S C E O U R S E. Hopefully, my dyslexia didn't get in the way of typing that word. Yeah, it looks like it's not working. So I'll have to figure it out somehow. I, I, maybe you have to be a certain size. I only have 24 followers. Maybe you have to be a affiliate or whatever the 50 followers is called. I think that one's affiliate and the other one's called uh, something else. So maybe you have to be a, a certain size to be able to do raids. Or I'm just doing it wrong. Probably both. <laughs> I'm definitely not a tech wizard. It took me a while just to be able to uh, stream as much as I uh, stream now. You're saying I need to put, you need to put the slash at the start. Yeah. Okay. Let me try that. Slash raid. And then you put the channel. It says invalid username on my end. So maybe I have to put slash raid. Ah. Demon. Yeah, it just says invalid username. So I think you have to be a certain size. Uh, I think I've heard that. I think you have to be 50 followers to do raids. I'll talk with uh, somebody else who I know is a streamer. And he'll be able to, to assist me on, on that unless I'm doing something stupid. But on my end, it says invalid username when I do uh, the URL link directly. Or just the, uh, the, uh, the name itself. Like his channel name. So I did it both ways, and it didn't show up. So don't know what's happening there. There you go. But thank you for stopping by. It's Mike and anybody else who dropped by. I definitely appreciate it, and thank you for joining my Discord server as well. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to cut it off here for tonight since it is the podcast and not a stream. I tried to keep the podcast a little bit shorter. But once again, thank you for stopping by. I appreciated your comments. They definitely helped. And I'll definitely be talking to you about maybe setting up a uh, interview here in the future or just a general talk. Thank you. Thank you. And enjoy the rest of your day. Not <music>